Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Panda Pete from Twins and Losses Super Show, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Hey man, here's Alex Wright, the German. If you want to know what the Germans are about, pick me, and you're going to have a hell of a victory. I promise! Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Ring General Radio Hour. Now, coming down to the microphone, hailing from the Twin City, the team of the Minnesota Mystics, Matt Nelson and John O'Beaver. Perhaps a little taste of revenge in the air. Matt delicious, Har- delicious revenge. Matt Hardy has lost his mind. And uh, what looks to be like he's broken, John. Some of his hair. He's broken. Matt Hardy's long hair is what I'm afraid of. For your hair. Are you for my hair. more afraid of his hair or that awful accent he's trying to pull off? Whatever. Yeah. Nero. He's become like an ink, like like a half Spanish version of Lestat from <laughs> Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> You've been a very naughty little girl. Oh, All right. Well, Jesus. we are. Uh, you're here. Um, you're live, and you're listening to Bring General Radio here on the 4D Podcast Network. We are live from Thompson Home Studios. As always, you have your host here, myself. I am the Squire of Strong Style, the Red Star of Minnesota, and the 2015 Battle Bowl Grand Prix Trivia Champion, John Beaver, sitting across from me. Uh, you have the wild card of Wednesday night and the, the pasty paradox, Maddie Atlantic. Look at this kid coming at, up with some yeah. shit. I loved it. Did you hear that? I loved it. It was time. It was we, time. We got to write these down. <laughs> Good. What do we got? Uh, what do we got on my man. left? Uh, your producer extraordinaire, ring general himself, as well as one time Dave Ryan on the morning show, almost co-host Stubby J. Ah, welcome everybody <laughs> to Ring General Radio. We've got an amazing. What was the show second one? Tonight. Pasty Paradox. Sweet Jesus! Right? Good God! That's so perfect. Was that one, you? <laughs> Did you come up with that one? Yeah, I came up with <laughs> the, both of those. Pasty Paradox. What was the first one again? Wild Card of Wednesday Night. I like that one. That one's good. Second one sounds like. You're about to hit the stage at the VU. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what happens on Tuesday night yeah. before I get here. You could have gone with speckled all over. 
Oh man. Well, I'm I made my night. That's the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 fitting that uh Matt should give himself monikers this evening because this evening we have a three count countdown. Very fitting in the form of comedy teams. Tag, yeah, comedy well, teams. Comedy teams, comedy tag teams, uh comedy duos. Um, yeah, just uh just Guys that uh, add a little humor to the otherwise seriousness of professional wrestling. Yeah, um, uh, this was a, a topic brought up, brought to us last week by uh, one Mister Ryan Van Alstyne, who did not unfortunately make it past Panda Pete. Um, and Panda Pete was oddly quiet about it past Wednesday evening. I think he had made his point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what else he could have said, <laughs> because between his promo and I mean his promo, which was like two minutes long, I which, mean, which had nothing he, to do with Ryan, it would have taken. I know it would have taken. I'll be honest. I think that was a bit of a head game too, uh, to Ryan, because Ryan's like, "All right, man, I got something coming up against my opponent." And it's like it has absolutely nothing to do with him. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? That's like, it's like Rick Martel coming in and talking shit about Tito Santana before he takes on a job. <laughs> And it's like, all right, now I'm going to kick your ass instead. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the funny thing is that Van Alstyne is no jobber when it comes Not to this all. stuff. Not at all. He was a runner-up last year. Yeah, he and and Pete. I, there was it was definitely not a squash. It was not a, a Kevin McGough Big D performance. Um, which this evening, Kevin McGough is back in the quarterfinals to take on um, one of. Big D's compatriots in Tim Dennis. So yeah, tonight's it, it 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 goes ahead and makes yourself a nice little story, you know. Will t- the tiny dancer get revenge for his fallen friend? Yeah. Or will Kevin Magoo just go ahead and walk right through all of EPWR? Right. And uh, I gotta say that Kevin Magoo's uh, girlfriend actually cut my hair on Monday. That's a weird thing to say. It was. It was a weird <laughs> interaction, to be completely honest. Leave him alone, dude. He's the wild card of Wednesday nights. Yeah. Pasty paradox. Is that... It's <laughs> 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 good. It's damn good. Oh, That's man. Like, I'm, happy I di- I'm happy I heard it for the first time on air. It's so and fun. I didn't see it written down first. Like The best part about it is, too, man, is like you've, been, you've had your monikers that just keep going. Like By the time you're going to have a whole show worth of your monikers before you even introduce yourself one of these times. And then it came out to be like John made a promo and like Squire Strong Style, <laughs> Red Star, Minnesota. 2015 Battle Bowl Trivia Tournament Champion, co-host Maddie Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got a brand going. I'm trying to build it up, you know. Um, we all, we have, I mean, we have a stacked show for you this evening. We also have uh, an interview with a uh, longtime running guest, uh, official PBR Pro Wrestler Eric Cannon. In lieu of upcoming uh, WrestlePalooza yes, eight, absolutely, he will be joining us uh, just prior to our break this evening, uh, just kind of chatting about uh, wrestling and uh, more specifically uh, WrestlePalooza eight at uh, First Avenue on June eighteenth. So make well, sure you to stay tuned for that. We might have to move them up to right towards the end of the dirt sheets. Just yeah, well, let's yep. just do the dirt sheets now and stop making people wait for what they want. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, I feel like I should have uh, have us get started here with uh, probably the biggest story of the entire week. Uh, combat sports legend uh, dies after hospitalization in Florida at the age of 82. I'm talking Kimbo Slice. I thought you were going to talk about the ankle injury to Dean Sampson. I said 82. I meant Elias Sampson. Elias Sampson. Sorry. No, Kimbo Slice has died. Yeah. He is MMA's equivalent of New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> really weird thing, man. Like they said, like it's still coming out what the official cause of death was. A lot of people are pointing towards heart attack for it. Yeah, I mean, the, the official cause has been listed as heart failure, but uh, the reason for that is yet to be determined. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently he was waiting for a heart transplant. This is the most recent word I had coming out, and wow. yeah, it's uh, it's one of those it's one of those weird kind of things where like you hadn't heard anything about this guy since what last year when he had his fight with Dada five thousand or whatever. Yeah, and Dada five thousand had two heart attacks during the fight. That's <laughs> not even fine. a joke. And he's still going. That's a it's a legitimate fact. So the man suffered two heart attacks during a fight. And eventually lost. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, in all reality, he had six children. Um, I was never a fan. Um, yeah, I, I, never really, I never really liked his style. I think uh, what everybody um, would want to hear about is, did we talk last week about Muhammad Ali? No, we no. didn't because he, he passed, passed away on Saturday. Saturday, Muhammad Ali um, at the age of 74. Yeah, who uh, actually attributed his kind of flamboyant, his out there style to Gorgeous George. Yeah, one so. of the... The first professional wrestlers to uh, make it a, a show, let's exactly. say. Exactly. So, you guys have a favorite Muhammad Ali memory? I, I really can't go anywhere other than the the '96 Olympics. Yeah, that was it was such a well guarded secret, and when he came out, it was it was just an awesome moment. Um, I was a huge Muhammad Ali buff uh, for a while. I'd say I get uh, I get goosebumps every time. I see him knock out Foreman. Yeah. And, and uh, Zaire. Um, just Kinshasa? He even said that uh, if you go watch that, you see he uh, he hits Foreman, and Foreman stumbles, and he has a, he said, I didn't want to hit him on the way down because I really wanted it to look pretty. <laughs> and he got his ass kicked pretty much that entire fight until he decided he wanted to win. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, I think, oh, I want to say eighth round. Okay. Um, oh man. And then uh, I would I would say like his first two title fights uh, against uh, Sonny Liston. Those were barn burn. I mean the first. I mean the poster from the second title fight. Yeah, the, you'll I, find just, it. Yeah. First minute, first round. Yeah. Um, and he stands over his arm, kind of crosses chest. Yep. It's it's the iconic pose that uh, that you see on every college dorm room's wall. One of my favorite stories that I ever heard was he was on an airplane once, and then a stewardess came over and told him to buckle his seatbelt. And he goes, you know who I am? I'm Superman. Superman doesn't need a seatbelt. And the stewardess, quick wit fashion, she looks, she goes, yeah, Superman doesn't also need a plane, so put your seatbelt on. <laughs> he said he tipped his hat, put his seatbelt on, and didn't say a word for the rest nice. of the flight. <laughs> oh, man. So outside of uh, the passing of, of those two legends. Oh, uh, Samson got hurt. Yeah. Uh, Rest in peace, Elias Sampson's ankle. Um, obviously, <laughs> the, the biggest long. story uh, out of uh, professional wrestling is that uh, Brock Lesnar is getting back into the octagon. 
uh, to face Mark Hunt, Mike's brother, uh, at UFC <laughs> 200. Um, made the announcement, uh, was it Monday? Monday morning on, on US or on Sports Center that he was facing Mark Hunt. Uh, but the word came out was it Saturday evening, like late Saturday, that he late was Saturday, yeah. Uh, getting back into the ring. Um, hasn't had a fight since 2011, um, back when he was just recovering from diverticulitis. Uh, he's also been granted uh, an, an exemption by the U.S. ADA, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, to compete even though he's not been enrolled in the program for the required four months uh, as he's being treated as a new signee because his fight last fight was prior to UFC's uh, kind of arrangement with USADA. So uh, it's also been rumored to be uh, the WWE angling to use this to get uh, some UFC fighters at SummerSlam slash possibly at uh, WrestleMania next year. So question is, can he beat Mark Hunt? Yeah, that's a, it's a big question. Um, and if he does, does he continue to fight in UFC? Well, and it's it's clearly no mystery what Lesnar's uh, weakest point is when it comes to his MMA, and he was never the greatest when it came to the stand-up fighting. Um, and unfortunately, he's facing Mark Hunt, who, who specializes in throwing fists. Probably the one of the best, you know, knockout pedigree of anybody in the UFC. I mean, this guy competed in K1 for years as a kickboxer um he's knocked out Marco Krokop I mean I'm a slew of individuals and uh but at the same time if Lesnar can get him down you know Lesnar's got some vicious ground and pound that will puff up your whole face so (laughs) the question I mean it's really the biggest question this fight could last for for three rounds or it could last for three seconds it's it's but, it's a tricky situation too because if if he doesn't come out of this looking strong, what does that do for WWE pushing him forward? What do you guys want to see out of this fight? As a wrestling fan, I want to see Brock Lesnar kick the shit out of Mark Hunt. Yeah, I I mean in all reality, I I am a huge Mark Hunt fan, so it's how it's tough to turn off the the MMA side with the wrestling side, yeah. you know, because I will not be cheering for CM Punk, I, <laughs> who still has not uh, scheduled a, a match. They're, they're, talk, they're talking two hundred two. The the rumor he has two UFC two hundred two in oh, August. So he gets so. on the Diaz uh, McGregor card. So, how much would you guys like? How much of a jaw dropper would it be if he walks into that ring and Lesnar gets knocked out? It wouldn't be at all. It would be more likely than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet. I mean, he's really... Uh, Mark Hunt is not like a walk in the park for anybody. Mark Hunt is kind of a wild card. Um, that's that's that me. If he's taking on J.K. Simmons, <laughs> that can't be real. It, it doesn't is. look real. Uh, we're looking at a photo of... Do you uh, want me to post it on your guys' Twitter? Sure. It has yeah. nothing to do with wrestling except for the guns. <laughs> He's do- he does have major guns. He does. Shit, dude. The, Fuck the, you, J.K. The, Simmons. The TNA female wrestler, isn't it? Uh, major guns. Yeah, I thought you, uh, WCW. Oh, yeah. One of those. It's uh, tough to decipher the the shit from the shit, <laughs> isn't it? Oh my god. Well, something a little uh, kind of a little tidbit here is uh, Finn Balor may not be 
moving up the card anytime soon, being that he is um, already being advertised for TakeOver Brooklyn. Not in a specific way, but um, posters have been printed with him on it um, for TakeOver Brooklyn. So that's in August, August right? Yep. So it could be another situation like, uh, wasn't it Kevin Owens last year who did double duty at SummerSlam and, and TakeOver? So I, I will, I will uh, remain on record as saying that Balor's call-up is going to be SummerSlam area. So You think so? He's on record. Yeah. Uh. So it's, yeah, we'll, we'll see if that is the way it goes down um, with the kind of talk about this takeover being called The End. Um, it, it's supposedly, uh, Triple H was teasing that it's it has multiple meanings. So we're all looking forward to see what those turn out to be this evening. Hmm, that's weird. Yeah, very, very cryptic. In, in some fashion, but uh, yeah, um, we've talked about 2K17. I think we talked about it last week. Yep, Goldberg um, being interesting in that that it will have Goldberg, uh, but they're going a bit further in their roster reveal this year. Um, at this year's E3 show, WWE portrait artist Rob Schamberger uh, will be painting the roster for the upcoming game in at, real time yeah at at the uh at the ec or e3 uh, ec3 i can't <laughs> damn you ethan carter um but yeah he's gonna be uh revealing it through over the three days uh of that uh gathering so it's that sucks he's gotta paint like 120 people in three <laughs> days that would piss me off so yeah. much now if- for the dlc dude my hand <laughs> <laughs> But anybody, no. anybody that's a fan of Schaumburgers, yeah, they're yeah. all stick yeah. figures. I, I, yeah, he'll probably it. paint them a little bit simpler than uh, yeah, absolutely. What you see. Like on the t-shirts or the posters, but uh, <laughs> he makes a stick figure just with red hair. It's like Eva Marie, <laughs> big boobs. That could be any of the divas. No, if you want to see any of his awesome stuff, go to just go to wwe.com. Yeah, it's is a lot of stuff is is for sale. Um, I'm also hoping that uh, they use some of his artwork to uh, to be in the game. That'd be kind of cool too. So I actually kind of uh, ooh, there's a great deal on. There's always great deals on <laughs> WWE.com. I uh, I actually convinced my fiance that um, you know she we should be getting like a, a Schamberger uh, Ultimate Warrior poster. Yeah. Yep, and she said yes. <laughs> she said yes. She said yes in more ways than one. All right, that's what I got. Yeah. Uh, so TNA's website uh, recently underwent some changes. Uh, it has been reduced Brother Nero! to a single scroll page with only home and shop TNA links at the top, uh, removing touring and roster links. Um, there are also no links to their social media sites and the copyright logo at the bottom of the page reads 2015. Huh. <laughs> I, I went to the page, tried navigating it is, it's a train wreck. It's just garbage, hot garbage. Uh, but speaking of hot garbage, uh, impact numbers for, uh, this week. Last week when we uh, when we went on the air, we did not have numbers, uh, but they did 346,000 viewers last week. Um, last night was their 
uh, go home show for Slammiversary next week. So what do you guys think uh, Think the viewership was for TNA Impact last night? Ah, uh, shit. 313,000? I'm going to say around 300. Uh, 326. Ooh. So they uh, they shed 20,000 viewers from the, pa- the week before. But uh, Raw's viewership actually climbed uh, 0.8%. Uh, from 3.229 to 3.255. I think it was a show that was deserving of that viewership. I thought I thought it was a good show. We'll get into we'll get into Raw later. But I, I thought I felt it was, I thought that was good. I really like that. I thought that was a good show. Jonathan was a good show. All right. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Well, then those have been your dirt sheets. Also, the League of Nations shirts that are now irrelevant are on sale. <laughs> oh, so you're getting one of each? I don't know. I kind of had my eye on this WrestleMania 32 license plate <laughs> t-shirt that's on sale. Oh, hell. Good deals everywhere. That's my So we got a ba- bad news Barrett car magnet, 99 cents. Ooh. Oh, that's not bad. No, not at all. Dolph that'll, Ziggler, hold up, that'll hold up your Arby's coupons real well. Oh, it certainly will. Um, something tells me that we are joined um, by our long... Shut the hell up, man. <laughs> so, Not you, Eric. Not you. Uh, yeah, we're joined by a <laughs> uh, longtime uh, guest here on Ring General Radio. That's none other than the official PBR pro wrestler, Eric Cannon. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Not Just great. Not at all. Just oh, wonderful. Okay. Actually, Look I how hate- nice it is outside. We're all in Minnesota, right? It's beautiful out. It's phenomenal. Yeah, you can't beat this. Not at all. I got Love shorts it. on. <laughs> and I am I am loving it. Eric, how you been, man? Uh, I'm doing well. I've been busy. But busy is good. What? Busy means money. That's that's hard to believe coming from you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so obviously you're here, um, to talk to us a little bit about what you've been up to as well as, you know, the obvious upcoming Wrestlepalooza 8 at First Avenue. We've, uh, we've created a bit of a, uh, little ritual here with you guys. Every time Wrestlepalooza rolls around, I come in and yell at your listeners. <laughs> I'm glad like we're, we're absolutely uh, appreciative for you to do it. I'm glad you've noticed because I, yeah. I sometimes I feel we like get, when we get people on the show that that have been on the show that they forget that they were on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like a nice to meet you guys type bullshit. And we, we get sick of Jono doing hey, all the nice yelling to see anyways. You again. <laughs> no, see, I, I I love doing it. It's fun. Uh, I think you guys run a, a good clean show. I mean. The occasional F word pops out <laughs> once in a while, but hey, hey, that's when, life. Yeah, Shit yeah, happens. Absolutely. Oh, buddy. All right. So you've done you've done uh, seven Wrestlepaloozas now at First Avenue, and you had your first one at Woolies last uh, in January, right? Uh, Correct. And now you have uh, the next go round uh, next weekend. Uh, you're obviously successful enough to return to those venues. Do you? Where do you see Wrestlepalooza going from? Uh, beyond this weekend or next weekend sorry well um i would really love to get to a point where uh russell i mean specifically in minneapolis uh 
I'm from Minneapolis. I, I broke in in Minnesota. Uh, I'd really love to see Russell Palooza become a staple, uh, almost synonymous when you start talking about uh, the independent wrestling scene here in Minnesota. I would love it if if Russell Palooza and independent wrestling in, in Minnesota became a synonymous thing. They go hand in hand. Uh, but I think we're getting there. I think we're we're getting there with that one. So beyond that, man. I would love to just keep selling out First Avenue. Uh, I think we are in a really good position to have our first sellout in Des Moines, Iowa next weekend at Woolies. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you, it's the, the cards are stacked, but I really think the uh, feather in our cap next weekend is the inclusion of WWE Hall of Famer uh, Scott Hall. I, I'm super stoked about that. I... Uh, we did a lot of research when we decided uh, who who would be a good fit for what we do, and when we realized that Scott Hall hasn't performed or appeared in Minnesota or Iowa, for that matter, since his WCW days, we kind of felt like this was a no-brainer. So, hopefully people realize how big of a deal this is, and they come out and say hello to the bad guy. <laughs> Was that like a perfect commercial or what? That was that was absolutely gorgeous. It's almost um, like you practiced. Because because we're doing a radio show, you guys couldn't see it, but I did the spooky fingers <laughs> and I oh, threw it, nice. and I also threw a toothpick, but you guys didn't see it. I think I got a piece of that in my eye. Um, <laughs> it's better it's better on video. <laughs> so I have one question that kind of came to mind uh, while you're talking. You said. You wanted first wrestling um, and Wrestlepalooza to be synonymous with independent wrestling in Minnesota. Um, I can and, and I'm glad you said you're well on your way um, because I feel like you're getting closer and closer. If you're not already there, if if you don't feel like you're already there, who would you say is uh, what's the best way to put this? Your best competition, your your biggest competition in terms of uh, taking the holy grail of the Minnesota independent wrestling scene? Um, I honestly think that our biggest competition is ourselves. We, we do this show twice a year in Minneapolis, and the numbers and stuff on these shows are crazy. We're putting about 1,000 people uh, into an iconic concert venue in downtown Minneapolis twice a year, and we're packing the place. Um, we were sold out in advance. Uh, in January this year, and we're right on pace to do it again uh, for next weekend. I think it's going to come close. Uh, if we are if we are not sold out before doors open on Saturday night, we will be sold out before the show starts at 8 p.m. I, I feel very confident in saying that. That's how close we are already to being sold out. And I really think that that says a lot about what we're doing. Um, but I really think that if we were to try add a third show every year if we were to add maybe a more of the typical standard pro wrestling events uh if we were to put that in between the wrestlepalooza events i think really what it is is we need to do more and if we were able to bring more professional wrestling to minnesota i think that would uh that would solidify us at least in my opinion and i'm kind of biased when i say this so i think that would put us on top of everything else yeah, that's that's absolutely one hundred percent true. I mean, we've uh, we've attended I think the last four events 
Um, and it, we've just had we've had a blast. And as, as you mentioned, uh, being able to sell out a place like First Avenue, it has to be like an amazing feeling because you get some pretty decent musical acts that have trouble doing that. Um, but you've also been able to bring in some talent for these shows, like Johnny Gargano uh, past this past January, and as you mentioned, Scott Hall. Uh, let us know uh, what, what and the listeners uh, who to expect, who else to expect, and what kind of work goes into to acquiring these guys or getting them to perform. Um. So we we put a lot a lot of phone calls and emails into this one coming up next weekend. Um, I really wanted to do something big. We've, we've, we've had two sellouts in January, uh, January, 2015, we were sold out. Um, in January, 2016, we were sold out. So that, that summer months sellout is what I'm really going for at this time. Um, and there's a lot going on next weekend. Uh, in terms of professional wrestling here in Minnesota, nothing. Just Palooza because it's the place to be. <laughs> However, there are a slew of other festivals and concerts and street festival. It, all, there's all kinds of stuff going on. But we reached out to people from Ring of Honor, from Chikara, from Evolve, uh we spoke to a couple, I know you're going to laugh when I say this, we spoke to a couple of people from Impact Wrestling uh, <laughs> about coming in, and uh, when 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 it all settled and all the names were signed, I feel like we've got a very, very stellar lineup, the likes that Minneapolis, or, or dare I say Minnesota, hasn't ever seen. There's a very diverse collection of performers on this show, some of which we haven't even announced yet. And I'm, I'm debating whether we're even going to just because, hey, if you bought a ticket, like you're in for a treat. If you bought a ticket and we do tell you who all is going to be there, you're still in for a treat. But I kind of I kind of like the idea of people knowing that there's something else coming that they don't know about. A little surprise for everybody that, that bought tickets. I'll tell you one thing that's, you know, not to not to detract um, from the obvious talent, but the the last couple of years they've been selling this beef jerky there. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we talked about it last time, but they had it um at you guys' most recent show. Keep that shit up. Cause so uh that's that's a local produced uh beef jerky beef jerky company called Cool Jerk. Cool Jerk, uh, yep. And all of yep, all of their beef jerky is uh Asian cuisine influenced. Um they're awesome. Uh it's my favorite beef jerky. However, Unfortunately, this time uh, they had some uh, personal commitments to attend to. So uh, I hate to tell you this, fellas, but there will be no cool jerk this time at Russell Palooza. Can we just make some and bring some <laughs> in and sell it? You know, we wouldn't do nearly as good as the lemongrass cool jerk beef jerky. I tell you what, if you guys find some, I'll make sure you can bring it into the building and eat it. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, Eric, we're going to have Queenie Von Curves on with us next week. Anything you think we should ask her? Or not ask her? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, where do you even begin? I tell you where I'd begin. I think I think I think the obvious I think the obvious question to start with Queenie would be, uh, where where she feels the burlesque and the pro wrestling integrate and how they fit so well, and also where she came up with the idea for the glove spot. 
Yeah, Matt, you got to write these down because I have a feeling I'm just going to constantly be saying please. Because <laughs> when I say the glove spot, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Okay, see? <laughs> oh, the listeners, the listeners, they are wondering. Yeah, and how they have to come to Wrestlepalooza. Yeah, they'll have, have to, to come see the show. Come see the it's show. It's called a tease, people. Yep. And, uh, and Queenie does it well. <laughs> so I, I, are we going to go uh, back to. Uh, are a cool jerk, but in another uh, kind of brand uh, issue, I'm sure you've already had plenty of questions about this already, but as the uh, official PBR pro wrestler, uh, what has been your take on the uh, whole John Cena uh, merch kerfuffle? Um, so that like was just a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I woke up that day and my, my everything social media wise had exploded. Um, and I think I like, so here's the thing, like, I really honestly believe that, uh, it had nothing to do with me. I really do. I think that they were like, that Pabst was like, oh, Hey, that's our logo. And, uh, this billion dollar company is grabbing our logo to make themselves more money. I don't I don't know if that's cool. (laughs) So that's what it was about. It had, it literally, I really honestly believe it had nothing to do with me. Uh, and the, the, the flip side of that to that is, man, did wrestling fans want, want me to be, to blah, they wanted to blame me. Like, <laughs> man, some of the tweets I got from John Cena fans, kid, WWE fans were unreal. They were so hilarious and like <laughs> awesome at the same time. How did 12 year olds uh, have Twitter? Man, Six year olds have phones why, now, man. Do you want to know why John Cena has 8 million Twitter followers? He wants because little be- kids make 14, 15 counts apiece. And, like, <laughs> they all follow John Cena. Uh, I was joking with Seth Rollins not too long ago. I was like, man, do you know that you follow me on Twitter, like, 30 times? <laughs> and it's because, like, these diehard WWE fan kids make all these accounts, and they're all Seth Rollins, and they all do CrossFit. <laughs> and, like, whatever, that's cool. If that's what these kids want to do, you know? It's but, true. You have to sift uh, through like a bunch of fake Eric Cannons to find the real Eric Cannon. Man, you wonder, I hope not, because those accounts are probably boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was, but I was talking to a couple of buddies, and and they were like, "You really have to spin this. You have to figure out a way to spin this, so that wrestling fans are like, hell yeah, Eric Cannon got a John Cena T-shirt shut down.'" <laughs> And I, and I was like, as funny as that would be and as cool as it would be to, like, put that feather in my cap, so to speak, like, John Cena's the man. Like, <laughs> he, gets, he gets a lot of shit from a lot of people about not being very good. But let's be real. If he wasn't that good, he wouldn't be the top guy for as long as he's been the top guy. But that's just my opinion, though. I mean, like, you know, not everybody likes him. I'm, I said that out loud in front of people. Now not everybody likes me either, so. <laughs> well, yeah, and if you go, I mean, you can even go back to the uh – late 80s early 90s when people were starting to turn on hulk hogan you know um people still say but like i mean shit hogan generated how many billion dollars in revenue for that company um do you feel like uh maybe it's something you don't want to you don't want to i don't want to say burn bridges but you you don't want to piss off the wrong people because people that print shirts are not my kind of people (laughs) Uh, so <laughs> I thought it was really funny that like this came up and like my name got tied to it. And, you know, like if, if you're familiar with any of the t-shirts that I have, 
that I've made over the years. Yep. Uh, you know, if if I stood to make the kind of money off of my T-shirts that say, I don't know, John Cena would, I feel like some of these other T-shirts that I've had made over the years, and not only mine, but T-shirts from all over the place, wrestling, uh, music, bands, etc. There'd be a lot of people arguing about like T-shirts and, and designs and trademark properties and all this stuff because... Yeah, I got a lot of T-shirts that aren't exactly the most original T-shirts out there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I still wear my WrestlePalooza 5 T-shirt proudly. Yeah, that thing was awesome. See, see, and that's the thing. It looks like something else, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it looks, it looks very much like something else. And that's honestly, I, I, I hate to say it, that's what drew me to it, is because people are going to look at this and be like, oh, WrestleMania. Oh, what 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 is that? And I'll be like, I'll tell you all. About Yo, man, your shirt spelled WrestleMania wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but that's the thing, you know. Like, like I I don't have the reach, or nor am I like the ginormous blip on the radar that they are, and that's why that stuff went down the way it did. I, or at least, or at least that's my opinion on it, anyways. Because man, know. like a decade ago, I did a Kool Aid Man T-shirt that was awesome, <laughs> but. I bet you the Kool-Aid man would love to break down my wall and be like, oh, no. <laughs> so you've, you've obviously that. been you've been doing this for you know, well over 10 years, like 15 years now? And, yep, uh, I started in 2001. Oh, my God. That's awesome. What it, so in today's professional wrestling, is there is there something that uh, that, that really keeps you loving the sport? And, and on, the, on the flip side of that, is there stuff that you wish uh, that, that would change? Uh, I, (laughs) so I really believe, and this is part of, uh, this is actually part of why I think Russell Palooza has taken off the way that it has. Uh, I am a huge, uh, live concert guy. I love going to live shows. That whole experience about going to see a band that you really like because their music speaks to you in some way, shape or form, and you get to go and watch them perform that music and, and make that art. And you get to sing along and, and you get to sing along with a group of other people that all have something in common with you on that evening. That, that live out and about with a group of people, a group of strangers that you all have a common interest with. And like to be a part of that live experience. I don't think, I don't think it's, it's the days of man, these two dudes just went to the ring and had a five-star classic. If you missed it, you're a fucking idiot. You better buy the DVD-style match. I think the days of that happening are almost over because, man, if you didn't care enough to get off your ass to go buy a ticket and go see it, like, you missed out on so much of it because that stuff doesn't carry over to a DVD. Sure, you can enjoy the match. It'll be a good match still. The commentary will help you with some of the stories and stuff. But let's be real. There's nothing like being there live and experiencing that 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 live event with your friends and, and people you don't know, but you're all having a good time together because, man, this is a really good time. I think the live experience is the new is the new DVD collection. The memories that you make with your friends while you're out and about, singing those songs, so to speak, with your favorite performers. Like I think I think that's what it's becoming more and more about. Uh, and the thing that I wish could just go away uh, with professional wrestling right now is, like, 
So if wrestling is an art, that's basically what we've, that's we're clinging to that right now. I think, I think that that's such a, hey, wrestling's an art and we're all artists and we all perform and paint the way we want to paint. Well, if that's, if that's the way we're going to do it, like, man, I wish that people could just let people paint their art and do what they do and it not be such a huge fucking problem for everybody. <laughs> Everybody's a critic, right? Yeah, like, you know what? I think that Danny Havoc and some of those dudes that, that do the deathmatch style of wrestling do some crazy shit, and I don't want to do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, man? Like, those, those shows draw a lot of people. Those shows sell a lot of DVDs. Those guys are booked and on shows all the time. And if that's the kind of stuff that they want to do, that's the kind of stuff that they excel at, hey, so be it. If Will, if, if Will Ospreay and Ricochet want to go to the best of the Super Juniors and tear that fucker down and do all the stuff that they did, and it was awesome, like, hey, let it, let it be awesome. You don't have to like it. I don't fucking like Pepsi, so I don't drink it. <laughs> but, like, I don't run around complaining about it either. Yeah. So, like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Like, man, that's, and it, and it goes back to that live experience. Like, you cannot deny, if you've seen that match, if you've seen that best of the Super Juniors match with Ricochet and Osprey, if you've seen it, that crowd was going nuts. That crowd that was in the building on that night enjoyed what they were watching. And that's the point. That's the idea. We, they entertained the crowd that they were performing in front of on that specific night. And if you were at home on Twitter with Vader watching it and you hated it, like, does that does that even matter? No, because you weren't in the building. Like, I remember Vader uh, doing moonsaults and shit. Like, pers- right? like personally, I don't like, get people turning on that match, um, knowing, I mean, full blown what to expect going into it. Like, do, do, like I would be, I would be hard pressed to believe that when Vader, all three hundred plus man, he was probably almost four hundred pounds then. Climbed to the top rope and did a moonsault. You don't think that somebody jumped down his throat and was like, "Yo, Vader, what the fuck?" <laughs> I would, I would almost guarantee somebody was like, "The hell is he doing?" That doesn't make sense. But, but it was a different time in a different place. Just like now, compared to then, it's a different time in a different place. I mean, Osprey and Ricochet are going crazy in Japan, and. In Philly, there's two dudes dressed as ice creams beating up uh, two guys dressed as ants. Uh, in Minneapolis, there's a dude dressed as a dog wrestling a cat, <laughs> and I'm drinking PBR in the middle of my matches. Like, it'll never be what it was, and tomorrow it'll be something different. And as long as we're all having a good time doing it, and as long as we're all enjoying it while it's happening, what's the problem? Could not agree with you more. I, I, that's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> oh. Wrestling, guys. What are we going to do, man? <laughs> well, keep... let's see here. So last time we had you on, I had, I had the first iteration of Rassel Roommate Rest in Peace. And this is actually going to be this the second iteration of it because uh, you're, you're the, the, the last person that we've actually had on to interview. So um, you're, you're, are you still familiar with the uh, – the rules, it's it's like the Mary Fuck Kill for uh, for wrestling. 
I am. Okay, so this this comes knowing full well that you've uh, you've already wrestled at least one of these guys, and you were just you know, just name dropped him earlier in the show. Um, but we're gonna okay. we're gonna do the Shield. So Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Okay, now throw the rules at me one more time. I so can, you're gonna I can have wrestle one 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 guy that you can wrestle for eternity. One guy you're gonna live with, and one guy you're gonna put six feet under. All right. I think I could wrestle uh, Dean Ambrose for eternity because he's always doing something different. Uh, I think I could live with Seth Rollins, and I think I'm going to take back my John Cena's the man. I think pe- I'm thinking I'm going to sway people back into my favor by saying I would have to kill Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Classic as always, I, Mr. Cannon. I think that's what I'd have to do, yeah. That's, that's, my, uh, that's my picks. Excellent. All right, uh, before we let you go, uh, give us your 30-second uh, promo uh, for the upcoming show on, on June 18th. All right. Uh, I'm going to drop some stuff on you guys and your listeners that uh, we haven't put out there just yet, too. So nice. This is cool. Uh, Saturday, June 18th, uh, Wrestlepalooza 8 emanates from downtown Minneapolis at the infamous and iconic First Avenue nightclub. Tickets are only $20 as long as you get them from Ticketmaster, or I'm sorry, from First Avenue or at the Depot Tavern. Uh, apparently there are tickets on StubHub and all this other stuff floating around for like 75 bucks. Garbage. And that's crazy. Uh, it's my show, and I love it, and I think it's awesome, but I don't think it's worth 75 bucks. So don't pay 75 bucks for your tickets. Uh, some stuff you're going to see, you will see uh, the first ever women's match at Palooza when Heidi Lovelace takes on Kimberly. And that's going to go down Saturday, June 18th. And then, uh, let me see, what else can I tell you guys? Uh, the colony of Fire Ant and Silver Ant will be taking on the Palooza Tag Team Champions, the North Star Express. And of course... Scott Hall's going to be there, guys, so that's going to be too sweet. I feel like that's the only way to put that. No no reason not to want to see the bad guy in Minnesota once again. Exactly. I'm more excited to see Heidi Lovelace uh, get in the ring again, this time against yes. uh, someone someone that's a little bit more her gender. <laughs> uh, someone, that, a little bit. someone that's feelings aren't going to get hurt when they get booed. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, a pleasure as always, Mr. Uh, Eric Cannon. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we look. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It's always a blast. We look forward to Wrestlepalooza this uh, June eighteenth. Yeah, we'll, tra- um, we'll track you down after uh, after the show and give you a, give you our, give you our two cents then too. Because you'll want to hear it right it. then and there. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, buddy. Thanks again. Awesome guys. Thanks again. Nice. What a pleasure. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. What a pleasure to have Eric Cannon on. Um, well, you know, due to scheduling and whatnot, uh, hopefully our listeners don't mind. They're going to have to uh, hear a rapid-fire three-count tonight because <laughs> we, we didn't want to cut off Eric Cannon because no. he's Eric Cannon. So um, without further ado, um, are we ready to do this thing? Three-count countdown. Okay. <laughs> Okay, this evening we are talking our three count of comedy tag teams. 
Obviously, I was confused by Jake's little note that he handed me um, because it said... After we we have to, we we got to do Battle Bowl after count one, count one. Yep, we gonna take a break or we gonna do count one? Nope, we're gonna do count one and we're going right into Battle Bowl. Oh God! Yep. (laughs) I fear a man who can't wait. (laughs) Who can't wait another three minutes? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So okay, comedy tag teams. Push the envelope. Count once. (laughs) Count one this evening of our. Go for it. Favorite uh, comedy teams. Um, I'm going with uh, a little tag team called Kai and Ty. Oh, wait. I have the perfect, um, I know perfect you, thing I know for exactly this. what you got. That was the leader of Kai and Ty for a period, Mr. Yamaguchi-san. Yamaguchi-san. Uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, when they were having a feud with uh, Mr. Val Venus. Um, but shortly thereafter, they kind of uh, lost Yamaguchi-san, and, and I can't remember who else was in it, but it ended up being just Funaki and Michinoku. Uh, they became the uh, the comic relief jobbers that we all know and love now, uh, where their promos were completely overdubbed by Mr. Shane McMahon, uh, with their taglines being evil and Indeed. Um, yeah, I, I remember this late, it was late 90s, early 2000s, where these guys were, were nothing but jobbers, but uh, they were severely entertaining at what they did. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because, um, you know, Takamichinoku is no joke. Um, and having said that, you know, Funaki really isn't either. <laughs> no. Um, but that just shows you how funny Vince McMahon thinks somebody is who can't speak really <laughs> good English. Except Funaki, that is, that's what he speaks. He actually can't speak Japanese. So Yeah, as far as I know, <laughs> Funaki uh, and like Tajiri, I think I'm pretty sure Tajiri speaks both um, and has used that many a times yeah. to play people into assuming <laughs> like Anoki um, I know that I've heard Anoki won't speak English unless he trusts somebody um, even though it's like, well known that he can speak it's fluent, fluent English. Yeah. oh yeah so uh, my one count for comedy teams is uh, Kai and Tai John what do you uh, what do you got for your one count oh I have it's funny how you gave you gave us your count and I was like that's no they're no joke Matt <laughs> <laughs> uh, my I don't think these guys were intended to be a joke either, but I know Jake's going to love this one. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Matt, do you remember a tag team called Chronic, 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 Chronic? <laughs> yes. Um, I remember when they first started, like, it, it's a very good pairing, isn't yeah. it? You got Brian Adams, uh, formerly known as uh, the, 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 the Kona Crush, you know, and then you got uh, Brian Lee, um who was Adam Bomb yep. and Wrath, um, slew of characters. But, uh, I mean, Brian Lee and Brian Adams, two similar-looking, very big, yeah. built Imposing dudes. guys. Um, and they, you, you imagine they'd make a perfect tag team, um, and then they made the tag team of Chronic. Um, Chronic. Spelled with a K. Two Ks. Yeah, yep. K-R-O-N-I-K. Yep. Chronic. Um, and... <laughs> You think, like, maybe that's just an accident, and they don't intend on that being, you know, like, a marijuana reference. (laughs) 
But then their finisher was a double choke slam, which they called High Times. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's tone deafness at its finest. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to see something crazy, uh, go watch Chronic's first and only match in WWE, um, in which they were both released afterwards because of how terrible it was. <laughs> Again, I think it was against Kane and uh, The Undertaker. Judgment Day 2001, yep. Judgment Boom. Day I just won. I just won another Battle Bowl trivia <laughs> right there with that one. Kind of, uh, we're getting our, our uh, yeah, we're getting our contestants on the phone organized here. here. Um, Stubby's got everybody on your uh, conference call. I didn't even know you could do three way calling anymore without an AT and T account. <laughs> Skype credits. You absolutely can. Uh, you want to hit that music real quick? Absolutely. I'll do some intros. Here we go. Um, Battle Bowl trivia. Hold on. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Disarray. Live TV, folks. Here we go. Battle Bowl Trivia Challenge this evening is going to be a tale of tales, that's for sure. This evening, on the phone, we have the one and only Tim Tiny Dancer Dennis. Hi, Tim. Hi, how you doing? Good. How you doing, buddy? Oh, pretty good tonight. Welcome back. Good. Welcome, welcome back for second round. Uh, Tim, supposed to yes. take Tim, Tim. That's you. Tim was supposed to take on Kevin Magoo this evening, but Kevin Magoo actually called and said that he's not going to make it. Therefore, oh. we have a replacement for Kevin Magoo. What is happening? I, I should have been informed. Caller, <laughs> would you like to uh, introduce yourself? I am back. And it feels wonderful. Oh my! <laughs> this <laughs> this is more than a tale of revenge, folks. This is this is a tale of re- I'm the revengey now. <laughs> On the phone with uh, Tim Dennis right now is the one and only Mister Inappropriate Jimmy Bellamy. Hi, Jimmy. Hello, Jake. Hello, Maddie. How you doing? Hello, Squire of Strong Style. Hello. Um, I'm actually I'm happy about this. <laughs> this will help me sleep tonight. Some I feel, redemption for yeah. the Coon, uh, the Coon Rapids screw job just yeah. a mere two three weeks ago. I'm. Uh, what was McGoff's? Uh... McGoff had a family uh, family emergency that he had to attend to. So last minute, Jimmy Bellamy steps in. Uh, kind of a, a makeup for the Coon Rapids screw job. Tim, I don't know if you got to catch that episode, but John will pretty much screwed Jimmy out of the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really did. Wow. Yeah, I did it hard. Wow. I screwed. <laughs> well, I, I felt like, uh, I felt like there was some bullshit going on and I <laughs> can't allow bullshit in my tournament. So, especially when I'm competing in it. <laughs> and I didn't realize at the time, like, cause it, my match was so far away that I am a competitor and I should have absolutely no, uh, no hand in any of the outcomes. So, uh, and you did, and I you screwed did. Jimmy Bellamy. I so screwed him by one point. Um, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a load bearing point, unfortunately, but now he gets another shot and, a, and a, a, a worthy competitor as well. A proven, I, proven I, warrior. Absolutely. Uh, tonight's topics this evening, Tim has got Seth Rollins. Yes. Tim's. I do. Yeah. He's got Seth Rollins. Crossfit Jesus. 
Jimmy Bellamy, last minute, he, he took on Kevin's uh, topic. Mind you, I didn't know until about two hours ago that Kevin wasn't going to be there. But Jimmy will be on the King of the Ring is his topic. That's not bad. Although it's a little mis- it's it can be a tricky one. It can absolutely. It really can if you, if you don't if you don't know your history. But Jimmy does. I know he does. Um, Gentlemen, uh, one other thing I want to let you know that round two we do allow run-ins. So if you guys get stuck on a question, you can ask either Jono or Matt for help on that question. Uh, if you don't get it right, of course, your opponent still has the opportunity to steal it. But if you need help, just call for a run-in and either uh, let me know whether it's going to be Jono or Matt that's going to help you. All right. Sounds good. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Well, uh, without further ado, Mr. Inappropriate, are you ready? I'm ready. Fate has a funny way of working out. So, <laughs> offset. Tiny Dancer Tim Dennis, are you ready? About as ready as I can be, sure. <laughs> okay, then let's battle, Bull. Mr. Dennis, this was initially your match with Kevin Magoo. I'm going to give you the chance. Do I have a number one or a number two being held up right now? Well, I'll take the, uh, the joke away from Mr. Inappropriate and say number two. That is correct. Do you want to go first or second? I will go second. All right, Jimmy Bellamy, King of the Ring. The King of the Ring is a prestigious tournament held in the WWE for years and years. The first ever tournament was held in 1985 in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Who was the first ever King of the Ring? Don Morocco. That is correct. Tim, name two of the three men that Rollins defeated to become the first ever NXT champion. Oh, gosh. Uh, boy. Um, let me think here because I'm going through feuds in my head. There's no time limit on this. Sorry, I mean, I could take half an hour. <laughs> Eric Cannon did. I don't see why you can't. <laughs> Which, by the way... Good interview. I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, two of the three men. I'm going to go Drew McIntyre uh, and uh, the artist formerly known as Michael McGillicuddy. That is correct. Oh. Well done, Good sir. work. Jimmy, the 1987, 88, 89, and 91 King of the Rings were all crowned in the same town and venue. I will either take the venue or the city and the state where they were crowned. Providence, Rhode Island. Holy shit. <laughs> that is, that I is correct. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I, that, that was one I actually I actually knew off the top of my head. So I was like, there's no way anybody but me knows this. <laughs> well done. Um uh, Mr. Dennis, who uh who helped who who held the ladder for Rollins? Helping him win his money in the bank briefcase. Kane. That's correct. This is a solid match so far, man. I'm I'm digging this. Jimmy 
Harley Race won the tournament in 1986 and continued to call himself the king of wrestling until 88, even though there were two other individuals who were crowned during the time. Harley Race ended up falling with a, out with an injury. Who did Bobby Heenan then crown as king of the ring? Haku. That is correct. It was King Haku. It was King Haku. I remember because that son of a bitch never won anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tim Rollins, along with his Shield brothers, had their first WrestleMania match at Mania 29 in a six-man tag match. Give me two of the three men that they fought. Uh, John Cena and Ryback. That is incorrect. Jimmy, Ooh, right. would you like to steal it? Road Dog and Billy Gunn. That is also incorrect. I was looking for Seamus, Big Show, or and uh, Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. Although they pretty much killed Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't come around no more. Jimmy, the 487-pound Mabel, won the King of the Ring in 1995 by beating three superstars as well as getting a bye. Name two of the three men that he beat. Fabio Vega, and then does bye count? No. Um, <laughs> he defeated uh, this competitor named Bye. I, I'd be just guessing Jeff Jarrett. That is incorrect. Tim, do you want to steal this one? Uh, question again? The 487-pound Mabel won the King of the Ring in 1995 by beating three superstars as well as getting a bye. Name two of the three. Uh, gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll go... I'll, I'll take uh, Mr. Inappropriate Savio Vega as one, and um, gosh, I'm just going to be guessing here, too. Um, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I don't know. It's incorrect. Do either one of you guys know one of the other men? Um, I know that uh, he did get some shit for, I think this was the time that he broke The Undertaker's face. It was. So, because uh, I know he beat Savio Vega in the finals, and then The Undertaker. Yep, so and the under, Undertaker, Savio Vega, and Adam Bomb. Adam Bomb? Look at that. was circle. So, so, rem- back to three count. so also remember, boys, that uh, a gentleman on the phone that you do have a run-in. If you guys do want to use your run-in, just call out run-in, and one of these guys will be able to help you out with your question. All right, sounds good. Tim, what move was Rollins, and what was Rollins's initial finishing move before it was considered outlawed in the WWE? Uh the curb stop. That is correct. Jimmy, in 2015, who did Bad News Barrett defeat to become the king of the ring? Neville. Correct. Tim, what is the name of Rollins's current entrance song? Take a run in here. Um, I'll go Matt. Matt, run in. <laughs> this is uh, you should you should have gone the other way. Um, 
I'm just gonna go in with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this right now. I definitely because the I, the theme songs I. I I listened to like in my car, so like, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> oh shit! So, uh, oh my you gosh. just had Barry Horowitz run in for you, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, wonderful. Uh, all right, I'll take a stab. Too many drones. I have no idea what it's called. <laughs> Matt, do you want to help I Mon have on it? No damn idea. Incorrect, Jimmy. The second coming. That is correct. That yeah, is. That's also by CFOs. It is. Jimmy, only one man has won the prestigious King of the Ring twice. Who was that man? Brett Hip and Hart. That is correct. Tim Rollins won his first world title at WrestleMania 31 by cashing in the money in the bank, but he had a match earlier that day. Who did he lose to in that match earlier? Randy Orton. That's correct. Who can forget that RKO? I know. That was the best RKO ever. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, after a four-year hiatus from 2002 to 2006, the tournament returned as an exclusive event for the SmackDown brand. King Booker won the event, but who was his queen? Who was his queen? Yep. Charmel. That is correct. Tim, at Hell in the Cell 2015, who interfered in Rollins' match against Dean Ambrose to help uh, help seal the win for Rollins? Ray Wyatt. That is correct. Jimmy, 2002 marked the first time that the SmackDown versus Raw... It was SmackDown versus Raw for the King of the Ring. Rob Van Dam was the rep for Raw, but who was the rep for SmackDown? Rock Lesnar. That's correct. Tim, at some, or, uh, what talk show host did Rollins start a, a war of words with in February of 2015? Oh, uh, John Stewart. That is correct. Uh, there's some chairs in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, 2008 and 2010 marked a different take on the King of the Ring tourney. What was different and special about those two years? They took place on Raw. That's correct. Wow. The full tournament took place on Raw. Uh, Tim, at SummerSlam of 2015, Rollins fought and defeated John Cena, which then helped set a WWE first. What accomplishment did Rollins create that night? Uh, first performer to hold both the WWE World Heavyweight Championship and the U.S. Championship. That is correct. You guys are awesome tonight. This is fantastic. Jimmy. 1996 was the infamous year that Stone Cold Steve Austin won the King of the Ring, thus giving us the amazing 316 promo. He ended up beating Jake the Snake Roberts for the title, but who did Roberts face to get to the finals? Oh boy, I I think this I think this was on a previous Battle Bowl like a year or so ago, and it may have even been asked of me. <laughs> um, 
I, I gotta go. I think I gave this answer. I think it was wrong. I, I gotta go running, and I think I gotta go Jono. I think I know the answer, but I really don't want to screw it up. I'm pretty sure Jono knows for sure. So running Jono. I do know he was my favorite big man, and I was always upset, um, even though I love Jake Roberts, that he uh, beat Vader via DQ. Jimmy. That was exactly what I was going to say, too. That is correct. It was Vader. It's time. It's time. It's <laughs> Vader time. Finally, Tim, Rollins suffered a torn ACL, MCL, and metal meniscus tear while wrestling a house show in Ireland. Who was his opponent during that match? It was Kane. It was Kane. Whew. You guys wear me out. <laughs> After a long, hard-fought battle... Your winner and moving on against Panda Pete will be Mr. Inappropriate Jimmy Bellamy. Yeah. And is this, this is, what was the final score? Final score was 10 to 8. Is that goddamn Matt? You blew it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I, uh, I blame you, Matt. I know. I, I, I feel. I feel <laughs> extremely guilty because I, I, as that's soon the as the worst running ever. As soon as that question was asked, <laughs> I'm like, if he runs in, he's got to go, Jono. Because I, yeah, Jono li- literally listens to this to go to sleep at night. Yeah. Is, uh, I, I apologize, uh, Tim. Matt, Matt, you ran in and threw a popcorn. Place, my friend, I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, Tim, dude, we greatly appreciate you being in this tournament this year. We would love to have you back next year. Again, uh, us three, and then and you and Sean, we need to sit down and, and speak some wrestling someday, bud. Absolutely. I've, it, it's my pleasure. It's been my pleasure to be here, and uh, I would love to participate next year. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Jimmy, congratulations once again. Uh, you will be moving on in the tournament against Panda Pete. Thank you, thank you, Tim. Kudos to you. Great fight. Oh, and uh, I have to say that with him in my way, Panda Pete just became an endangered species. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is tag team partners uh, squaring off I know. in the tournament. This is going to be exciting. Team Panda Bell turned into the yeah. Rockers all of a sudden. <laughs> Gentlemen, once again, thank you very much, and we'll uh, we'll hear from you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys. Good night. Later. All right. Well, it's we've been going way too long without our five minute break, so it's it's about time. Uh, you will be hearing uh, over the break uh, my favorite band's version of Mr. Eric Cannon, the official PBR pro wrestler, his theme song.
ihr das alle tried. Wenn ihr High-Flying Wrestling Action wollt, den Spinning Sidekick, den Top Turn Bottle Drop Kick, dann nehmt mich und der Sieg ist euch sicher. Ich verspreche euch. This is Jason Douglas from Three Guys Talking. You're listening to Ring General Radio on the 4D Podcast Network. When a fireman's carried John O. Beaver through a wall. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Ring General Radio coming to you live from the Thompson Home Studio. Beautiful Coon Rapids, Minnesota on the 4D Podcast Network. Uh, I have a correction to make. Um, last week, Panda Pete you didn't, turned. You didn't screw Jimmy Bellamy over again. I didn't screw <laughs> Jimmy Bellamy over, but in the in the contest between Panda Pete and uh, Ryan Van Alstyne, come to find out, I forgot a question for Panda, and P- Panda still won after forgetting a question altogether. I had asked Panda the the question uh, later that day, and he nailed it right away. Therefore, Panda score was not a 10. It was 11. So perfect 11. He turned it all the way up to 11. It's <laughs> fantastic. You guys tonight are talking top three comedic tag teams. Comedy tag teams. The uh, the, the topic brought up by the, uh, the, the foe that Panda Pete took down last week, uh, Ryan Van Alstyne. Um, yeah, it's, uh, our, our one counts are in the book. Um, and we're going to jump right into our two counts before we get to our uh, our talking points for the evening. Um, and uh, why don't I uh, why don't I get a start on it on my first two count? <laughs> my first two counts. I only have one, everybody. So um, <laughs> there might be a second one. <laughs> so my my two count uh, this evening uh, a more uh, recent tag team, probably from four, five, six years ago. But uh, yeah, it's Team Hell No. Uh, with assistance by Dr. Shelby. Suffering severe psychological and emotional scarring when my brother set my parents on fire. From there, I shifted around among a series of mental institutions until I was grown, at which point I buried my brother alive. Twice. (laughs) Since then, I've set a couple of people on fire and abducted various co-workers. Oh, and I uh, once electrocuted a man's testicles. Years ago, I had a girlfriend named Katie, but uh, let's just say that that didn't turn out so well. My real father is a guy named Paul Bearer, who I recently trapped in a meat locker. I've been married, divorced, broke up my ex-wife's wedding, and tombstone the priest. And for reasons never quite explained, I have an unhealthy obsession with torturing Pete Rose. <laughs> Okay, maybe we should call it a day. Um, Next week, I want you to all practice expressing your anger in a healthy, creative way, so I'd like you all to make an anger collage. Okay? See you next time. Anger collage? What the hell is an anger collage? (laughs) Wait, is this therapy or is this arts and crafts? Are you even a real doctor? (laughs) Come on, look like Mr. Rogers with a cheap sweater and horrible pants. (laughs) 
So that was actually their first counseling session with uh, with Dr. Shelby. Um, it wound up being like two or three more segments, and it culminated in them both graduating from uh, from anger management. Um, but just a combination of, of Kane and Daniel Bryan. Just it was it was something that never was supposed to work. Um, but they both bought into it, uh, and Kane's straight man throughout this thing is just it's it was gold it's very good and uh it's actually very funny when you go back and listen to him um because all of that was factual storyline <laughs> story story wise um so no i i thought those guys were great together especially like the way they did the segments too yeah it was very good yeah they they did some great work together um and this was kind of the jumping off point for for daniel bryan and his his yes movement his yes run um, and yeah, it was it worked out very well. They actually ended up being uh, tag champions throughout this too. Um, so they weren't just comic relief; they actually uh, they actually delivered too. So my two counts, team hell no, Jono. What do you got? <laughs> my counts are as good. Um, <laughs> this one, I don't know. I always just thought it was really funny. Um, so yeah, here, here you have it. If you guys can tell me what tag team this is, uh, there'll be Battle Bowl points in it for you. God, the music sounds so familiar. Well, that's because you're listening to the theme of the Blue Bloods. That's what I thought it was. Uh, when William Regal decided he wanted to go on a, a tag run in 95, um, <laughs> I just always thought it was hilarious because Bobby Eaton has one of those faces... And Bobby Eaton, <laughs> I know for a fact, is so not from England. Um, well, he tried to train him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that was the funny part to me um, as a kid, just thinking, like, man, this, this Alabama dude ain't going to be all English. Um, <laughs> He's going to end up sounding like Matt Hardy. Yep. And he was eventually replaced with, uh, what was it, Dave, Squire Dave, Dave Taylor. Taylor yeah. Yep. And they, they actually went on and competed not as the Blue Bloods, but in a tag team in WWE later on. Um, so they had a bit more success uh, post-WCW than Chronic did. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the, just Bobby Eaton wearing all that shit. <laughs> you know, like, we got Midnight Express, and then you got this. And then this happens. Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> Bobby Eaton just looks like someone's dad. And I, forgive me if I, if he was actually in the Rock and Roll Express. Those those are two that I will. It's like he looks he looks like East uh, and West. I'll never remember like which way is Davy Boy Smith and Greg Valentine had a had a kid together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a Greg Valentine, Davy Boy Smith, just um, not English face. Yeah. Yep. Minus all the racism. <laughs> that's the best part. It is. Oh, wait, that's not it's true. What uh, not. That was uh, that's that's the pasty paradox for you guys. <laughs> you never know what's a, he's a wild pay, card yeah, of Wednesday he's a, he's nights. A wild card of Wednesday nights. Um, all right. Well, uh, talking points. Uh, we can keep this brief um, because realistically, I don't want to talk too much about NXT because there's a pretty good chance that uh, you guys are either going to listen to this tomorrow after um, NXT because it's going on as we speak. Um, Interesting stuff. That's all I'm gonna say. Don't say anything. I know you. Yeah, <laughs> you got it, baby girl. Don't put it on Twitter either. I, it's all. Oh shoot! You did, didn't I you? I did not. Come on. 
Okay, well, I'm not, um, I'm not that big of an a hole. Either way, um, I'll save you the tension. That's that's going to be my event recommendation for the evening. Might as well. Matt's Matt's as well. Yep. Um, because NXT Takeover um has to be watched specifically with a card like this. Uh, I think even Nia Jax is starting to come into her own. Um, and what kind of surprises are we going to see tonight? Are we going to see any surprises? Uh, what is the cage going to look? I mean, we've been talking so much. I think the cage um, <laughs> is going to look very much like a normal steel cage. Yes. Except it's going to be painted yellow. Matt says yellow. <laughs> I said nothing of No, was sort. it Van Alstyne that said yellow? Yeah. yeah. That's probably what threw him and, and cost him the whole battle. Board. Yeah, absolutely. Because he wanted to see a yellow cage. He just he's uh, never seen a yellow cage before. It's, it's like couple, the blue duck. A couple things. Money in the bank. Uh, it turns out that the seventh guy that they apparently were going to have, they're no longer going to have. Yeah, it became apparent uh, during the first segment on Monday Night Raw, which I thought was going to be very stupid, and ended up actually being quite entertaining. Am I the only one that thought this? It had its moments. It um, did. I, I think Jericho is never not entertaining when he's got the microphone. Um, but there were other moments in there where it, it just didn't feel like, I don't know, it 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 would be a middle-of-the-road segment for me. Really? It wasn't like, Teddy I don't, Long? I don't, no, Teddy Long in his, and swimming in his suit. Um, Even more so now. Yeah, he, the guy needs to eat a cheeseburger. Um, I don't know. It, it, would you say that to Gorilla Monsoon? Yeah. <laughs> Why would I? In his he's final dead. years, yeah, I was going to say he can't. He's dead. Um, he's going to go out to Dusty Roads before he died. Why did they? Why did they do this two weeks out? That was kind of my big question: is that this is a go home type segment, right? For yeah. I think for yeah. the Money in the Bank match, but I think your go home stuff. Um, I think you can accomplish both on your go home show. I with, think this felt like a go home show right? for for both the WWE t- for and, everything really. Yeah. <laughs> do you think they pulled a Jono? <laughs> And they're all they forgot. Like, oh, they forgot. They're like, "Shit, it's next week. It's not this weekend." <laughs> oh, they're, so they're just gonna show up next Monday and just shrug their shoulders. Ah, you all missed it. We're gonna throw it together. <laughs> Pretend like it didn't happen, and we're gonna do that show over again. Well, it looks, looks like we run in raw history. Looks like during the SmackDown taping, I would have to guess is when uh, Rusev and. Uh, Titus O'Neil was announced. That it, that one we can spoil. It was uh, it, it was kind of building. It's kind of a calm uh, building since last week with the whole thing where Titus O'Neil comes. And he's like, "Hey man, it's Memorial Day. Like, stop dissing America. America, we fight. America, like, we fight." That's and then yeah. so the classic. So it turned into the classic thing where it's like you know the it's guy such has, a heel thing to do though, wasn't it? Well, yeah, to come like shit all over Rusev's country because like he's not American, <laughs> and then he hit him, and then he yeah. just slugged him, knocked him out of the ring. Like, well, and then so you had the oh. the classic guy doing commentary, and then the guy so, who was gonna. Have you guys noticed this more now? I wanted to kind of say, Jono, your one your grab bag from a few weeks ago sort of came to fruition this week. Are you talking about Kevin Owens putting I am. on the headset? Yeah, in the middle of his match. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but uh, in my segment, they would be wearing it throughout for, throughout the entire right. match. And it would be wireless. <laughs> it would be a Backstreet Boys. So yeah, a completely wireless setup, yep. So Titus O'Neil is sitting ringside, and uh, Rusev's taking on Jack Swagger. And then all of a sudden, like he throws Swagger into Titus. Titus then gets in the ring. It's, you've seen this way too many times. This is starting to get a little old. Honestly, it makes more sense to have Jack Swagger 
I mean, if somebody's if somebody's nickname is the All American American, <laughs> it doesn't make sense that he's not. He's just keeping his mouth shut. Well, do you think like almost you think that this is? Look at what happened with Ryback, and then look what happened with Adam Rose, where you know Ryback went home and he's just like, I don't know when I'm going to come back, and then Adam Rose got the suspension, but then he fought the suspension like mad. Now well, Titus O'Neil. I think he fought his wife like mad. <laughs> <laughs> There's several things at play. He was fine with the suspension, but he smacked <laughs> his, the shit out of his, his wife. Old lady, not so much. Um, <laughs> but Titus, o- Titus O'Neil got his 60 day suspension for grabbing Vince on the stage, and he went and he did his 60 days, and now he comes back without any bitching, without any complaining. He flat out went in there, did his 60 days. Do you think this is kind of a all right, man. You know we a message to a message else. to everybody else where it's like you play by the rules, you could get rewarded. Therefore, he's getting a shot at the U.S. title. Um, no, I think his suspension is way different, and it was way more confusing. And I think to put a suspension on somebody and then to lift it doesn't make you look good. Um, and I think this is them rewarding him for suspending him. What was initially ninety days, yeah, they and went down it. to sixty. Um, but I think a wellness policy violation versus something that could be, you know, interpreted any number. We never really got the story as to how, why he grabbed this yeah. big man or what their relationship is like backstage, or if this is something they do off camera and whatever. Um, so I don't know. I, I would I would say I disagree with that. Okay. I would say this. This is probably them making amends for putting him on the shelf for 60 days for uh, doing what a lot of people considered to be nothing. You know, I'll go. With we're that. all we're going to see what happens when was Connor comes back. Then <laughs> then we can really test this hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, we'll know when Connor returns. <laughs> a new day defends their belts in a new era fatal four way match against Enzo and Cass, uh, the club. And the VOD villains add money in the bank. You could put it on so, any team. I'd say uh, it's a good idea because that way um, you don't have to necessarily put the club over. This is the this was kind of the one revelation him. that came out of Monday Night Raw, right? Mm-hmm. That this four way was going down, and it was uh, it was put into motion by the uh, the one and only Dala Dala Hala Hala. The leader of Doom. I think the other big thing about this too is that the New Day doesn't have to get pinned for this. You know, they don't get pinned for this, and next thing you know, somebody else's chance. Well, yeah, and you can protect. Uh, you can protect pretty much all the teams um, and their credibility by uh, you know just not having them be pinned. You can have the end or the end. The club lose, um, but not be pinned. I think. Your choices are either uh, a retention or um, I just I think the team I don't see winning it is the bad villains. I don't. See, I will say that it'll be either Enzo and Cass or the New Day will retain. I don't think the I don't think the club's ready for it. I don't think that the fans are ready for the club to have the titles. I think they they're still kind of getting used to, and they haven't really been booked as like a dominant nope. tag team. I, I can't even think of a tag team match that they've had. Uh, yeah, I mean they had the match, uh, the three on three match on Monday, but but which, I mean, yeah. uh, I mean well, AJ faced, Styles was the one that got the victory. They faced so. the Usos at the last pay per view. Yeah, but 
you forget what the Usos do by the time they're done doing it. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on Cena's first feud being, being with AJ Styles? I think it's fair. I think you, you definitely don't put Cena over. I think that would just be a really good way to ruin uh, Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry, Ry- no, I'm sorry, AJ Styles <laughs> this time. Freudian slip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you get what did you guys think of the the back and forth promos between the two? I mean, even uh, AJ Styles brought the word Barry into the conversation during the the promo. So it's it was kind of one of those weird kind of uh, break kayfabe moments. Well, I think it was one of those things that uh, I mean, say which I I, I definitely agree there, Ken. I got nothing against John Cena. I think he can cut a fantastic promo, um, especially when he gets all hard and street. Um, and you can kind of tell AJ Styles might have been left with a loss for kayfabe words, um, but there's plenty you could say about a talent like him not getting over and not getting the call up and not you know you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm happy they went there. I, I, I think that was necessary. I think it was what everybody, everybody was thinking. It just had to be said, you know. Yeah, I love the I love the part part where uh, Styles was talking about. I don't have to be here if I wanted to. I could go back anywhere else, and they would welcome me with open arms, which is absolutely true. Uh, so now we get to see him against the the WWE's top top guy, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what what kind of uh, direction they go with this feud. But I think you're absolutely right. Uh, John Cena can bring out the best in people, and and he should be probably at this point in his career the, the best enhancement talent they have. Yeah, he's it's still a big deal when he loses. Yeah. You know, it's even though he's lost uh, to, you know, Kevin Owens. I mean, look what it did for Kevin Owens, for fuck's sake. <laughs> There's your there's your one. There's the F word. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's my take there. Quit inadvertently spoiling takeover. <laughs> I see you over there trying to dig for information. Just watch the damn thing. So I'm not I, digging. I'm, I'm your trying, guys your guys' Twitter feed is just I'm out going of control. To uh to pose this question to you because I actually in viewing Raw I fast forwarded over the uh the Rollins Reigns segments. Were they worth going back and watching? You will most likely see those again next week. <laughs> okay. In all honesty, you're going to see them again probably twice and probably once during the main card of the pay-per-view. So, yes, they were pretty damn good, but um, nothing new there. That's what I figured is that uh, I, I know the backstory between these two. There's nothing nothing earth-shattering that they're going to reveal in, in these snippets, but I I still... Do enjoy me some good WWE produced uh, vignettes. Good, yeah, I yeah. agree. Anything else? Are we uh, done with the raw? I can be done. Why not? Let's let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. All right. Let's go. Let's go to count three. All right, we're talking uh, top comedy tag teams or teams. Um, I'll get you to my three count with my one count being Kai and Ty, choppy, choppy, pee-pee. Uh, team Hell No as my two count. And th- this really should come as a surprise to nobody that listens to our program. But uh, going with Edge and Christian. All right. Edge and Christian, earlier tonight you guys 
complain about food poisoning and the fact that you had to go home, but it looks like you two are feeling much better now. Yeah, look, William, we thought it was our nuts. What? Yeah. You see, we wanted to be in that Dudley's Invitational Death Table thing as much as anyone else. But Kush and I went to the movies last night. We had some popcorn and peanuts, and we thought we got food poisoning from the nuts. Turns out, fear not, our nuts are safe for consumption. Yeah, I mean, just a couple hours ago, Edge was in the toilet totally blowing chunks, and I'm standing there holding his nuts when we realized something. Yeah, that there was no nuts in my chunks, so it had to be a passing virus. Our nuts are better than ever. As a matter of fact, I can whip them out right now. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and grab your nuts there, Edge? <laughs> what? You know, Lillian, if you want to sample our nuts later on, we'll be cheering the conquistadors on to victory over the Hardy Boys. Dude, you got big nuts. Our nuts rule all. Ah, <laughs> uh, not a whole lot to uh, to and say. What else can you say about these guys? Seriously, yeah, they, they, I mean, from their five-second poses to their catchphrases, and then uh, their their obviously their work on the kazoo. Um, and even even their turn as the conquist or los conquistadores, uh, and their hammy struts when they were were in the the costumes to to kind of sell that that it's not actually Edge and Christian, but uh, yeah, they like I was brought this up uh, a couple weeks ago in an age of the Attitude Era, uh, they were very PG, and uh, it, they got they still got over using that kind of humor where it was very uh, sophomoric. Very kind of uh, you know, just w- wink, wink, nudge, nudge type stuff, and uh, they played off of some of the biggest names of that time, and and they were just extremely successful in in getting their uh, comedy across. So, my three count: Edge and Christian. So Matt loves Edge and Christian. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's our truth. Uh, Jono, why don't you run down your first two and and get us to your pinfall this evening? Um, well, my first count was, uh, chronic. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny, but it was to me. <laughs> the, uh, my second count was, uh, the Blue Bloods, more specifically the Bobby Eaton version. Yep. And my three count, um, this is, I, this is time I genuinely laughed. And that's when Damian Mizdow became, now they weren't technically a tag team, so... Uh, hopefully the the judges will allow me to keep this one. <laughs> um, but did anybody not find Damien Mizdow and the Miz and their dynamic hilarious? No. It was fantastic. It was, I, I was genuinely disappointed when they fired Damien Sandow. Yeah. Yeah. For, like, for like a three-month stretch, that was the best thing that WWE had going for it. Yeah, and not only that, they fired him right after the Damien Mizdow figure hit the shelves. <laughs> you know, which... Uh, Please still getting royalties. Do I buy a Damien Miz Dow or do I let him sit there? Because I don't have a Miz. I only buy the classic figures. <laughs> um, it is this conundrum. It is, but um, at the same time, I thought that uh, what they did—it's more specifically what Damien Sandow did. Um, how he would be on commentary, and then when the Miz would get thrown out of the ring, he action, and he would like <laughs> jump out of the seat and go lay next to the Miz. And how he would sell, like stuntman, sell the Miz's moves when he wasn't in the ring. Yeah, um, just oh, that hilarious, was fantastic, just hilarious, that was so good. So that's that's what I got. Um, I got to be honest, since you showed me, um, and I'm just going to throw this out there because hopefully we have a fan um, that is going to the San Diego Comic Con. 
Yeah. Because that is the only way that you can obtain the, uh, for probably a decent price, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive figure, which is the Shockmaster. And Matt uh, showed me, um, he comes full regalia. He does, I mean, he looks like Fred Ottman. He's got the... The, the Shockmaster jeans and the coat. Obviously, it does not look... It looks more like a Stormtrooper helmet than the uh, the first Shockmaster figure, which I, I do have sitting at home. But this one, I have to have because in the packaging, he is upside down. And what appears like uh, the back of the packaging looks like a, uh, a breakaway wall, um, which <laughs> I got to have it. So if any, the only way to get it is to pre-order it and pick it up at the San Diego Comic-Con, which I can tell you right now, uh, I will not be able to. <laughs> so if anybody out there is going to San Diego Comic-Con and wants to help out the Squire of Strong Style... Um, give the kid a call. Give the kid a, give the kid a hit up on uh, the Ring General Radio, uh, which yeah, Jake was, is about to show you. I was trying to think, like, why, why would the reason for this being at Comic-Con? And I can't because find, Fred Ottman will be there as well. I can't find any confirmation of that, though. That would be the reason... That I would think that that would be the the case, but he was going to be the the most recent thing I have is he was going to be at uh, the Claremont Comic Con, but uh, nothing nothing about uh, maybe San he'll Diego. have some there too. He'll just bring a lot of them. He'll bring them all over the damn <laughs> he'll be place. In the parking lot, yeah, buy them in the parking lot from him. <laughs> uh, spectacular show, gentlemen. Uh, next week, Battle Bowl trivia continues as Jono. We'll be taking on Isaac Wenzel from All Things Pro Wrestling Radio. You ready for that next week, boy? Yeah? No? 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 no, no. I am ready. Uh, is that true? Uh, no. That, that's Jimmy Bellamy's having a, having a gas at us right now. He's so. really poking at us, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, no, I am ready for... Um, who was it again? Isaac? Doesn't matter. <laughs> The uh, the rivalry actually takes front and center. Yeah, on, uh, next is, next Wednesday this night. This is this is uh, pretty much the reason that we did this. The again. Fir- yeah, the first is, uh, the first actual face to face interaction between the two of you. We've had some passing conversations, but uh, this is going to be your head to head first showdown. Yeah, that'll be good. It'll be awesome. Ring General Radio is a 4D podcast production. Your on-air talent this evening has been Maddie Atlantic, Jono Beaver, sorry, the Red Star of Minnesota, the Squire of Strong Style, and your 2015 Battle Bowl Trivia Tournament champion, Jono Beaver, as well as myself, Stubby J. Find us individually on Twitter at Maddie underscore Atlantic, at Jono Beaver, and at Stubby Two Cents. Find us collectively at Ring underscore Generals or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Ring General Radio, for links to the shows, news links, and so much more. Boys, we already talked about a little bit. Six days before they can hear us again here on the 4D Podcast Network. What should they be watching until then? Uh, Jono and myself, we've already confirmed this, but uh, NXT The End, which is is happening at the moment as we speak, uh, probably uh, main event-esque time. Um, but obviously we've got uh, a stacked card. to get the Revival against American Health for the tag titles. Uh, we get the debut of Andre Almas against Ty Dillinger, Oscar uh, versus Nia Jax for the women's strap, uh, Shinsuke against uh, Austin Aries, the greatest man who ever lived, and then of course uh, the match taking place in a yellow cage, according to Jimmy Bellamy, uh, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor. Yellow cage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Bellamy, you can eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, regardless of that, uh, if you enjoy that, whatever. You're, you're Mr. Inappropriate. You probably enjoy some really weird shit. Um, thank you to him and uh, Tiny Dancer. Yeah, what a great Dennis, surprise. Uh, for calling in. Uh, congratulations, Jimmy. And of course... Uh, thanks go out to Eric Cannon. Uh, make sure that if you haven't already, get your tickets to WrestlePalooza 18 or 8 on Russell, June 18. No, there you go. Um, but yeah, we will be back next Wednesday. Until then, the bell tolls for the Ring Generals. Good night. <laughs>